1: Hammer, and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock
2: it. Well, I hate giving credit where credit is due, especially when that credit is going to Jason Hammer, but you called it yesterday. The stuff about Epstein, the unstealed documents, big nothing burger. I mean, I do think it's funny, like a bunch of never-Trump Republicans along with Democrats are pissed off that Trump wasn't mentioned more uh, you know, predominantly throughout these documents, <laughs> hilarious that they think that's that their heads are spinning that way. But this is really nothing. These are unsealed pages having to do with a civil lawsuit uh, from a victim that is suing Epstein as well as his his pimp, Ghislaine Maxwell.
3: And nothing that came out last night is official, right? And when I say official, I'm talking about something that warrants somebody going to prison tonight. It's going to require an investigation. But Nige, here's my question. Yes. Why can't there be an investigation Right. An investigation is just that it's not an official charge. It's not throwing someone in jail and then investigating. You know, why can't the feds or the police officer say, you know what? Now that this document has been unsealed, one of these documents, one witness claims Bill Clinton, quote, like some young. We're going to look into the Clintons. Why can't that begin right now?
2: They're protected. I mean, the FBI has the black book. They have the lists that are important to this investigation, and they won't let anybody see them. And right. That should be the story. That's the real story here, plus the fact that we're talking about this, you know, uh, a couple of weeks away from Iowa, uh, that we're talking about this as a distraction from the horrible job Joe Biden is doing as president. It's it's it's, it's a bunch of just, I mean, who are some of the names that were prominently s-
3: spattered throughout these documents? I mean, it, things that we kind of already knew, right? Bill Clinton's all over the place. Yes. Bill Clinton is all over the place. There's a part in one of the documents where the witness says quote bill likes them young and again do with that information as you wish uh, prince andrews name was in there should not come as a surprise because he settled a situation involving an epstein accuser in the past now there is one name that pops up that's a little unsettling i don't know if i expected to hear all of the details about this it's somebody's name who's been out there but Stephen Hawking and an underaged orgy was discussed in some of these documents that were rolled out last night. Now, Stephen Hawking is no longer with us. The paralyzed paraplegic physicist, you know, talked out of the voice box thing. (laughs) That guy was allegedly involved in to put it mildly, shenanigans Please. on Epstein Island. Please take your top off. Right. I
2: mean, and they're saying here in this document that they, they, he did not participate. But I'm just, I, 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 we're talking about the wrong thing here. This is not the story. And there are supposed to be more documents that are going to be unsealed as the weeks move along here. Talk to me when you unseal the client list.
3: That's the thing.
2: Talk to me when you unseal the video footage.
3: Some of the other names that we found out last night, again, not a big surprise. We kind of knew this would be a nothing burger. We told you as much on this program. Uh, Bill Richardson, former governor of New Mexico. He died in September. Uh, He had previously reported to have visited Epstein's ranch in New Mexico. A lot of he said, she said going on. David Copperfield, the famous magician, uh, there was a woman who said that she had dinner with Copperfield at Epstein's home. Copperfield is, again, not accused of any wrongdoing, but a lot of questions about why he was there. And Stephen Hawking, there was a witness claiming they were desperately trying to find people to come out and say, that Stephen Hawking was not there and did not take part in the underaged activity. It's
2: almost like the janitor from Billy Madison was doing the investigation. Does what do that you make mean? sense. <laughs> Miss Lippy's car <laughs> is green. David Copperfield went to a dinner. Right. I mean, <laughs> just Bill Clinton flew on the airplane. It's just this is just kind of a circus. It's a joke to
3: me. I mean, it's very serious. But the thing is, and you mentioned this earlier, nothing is going to happen to these people. Hell, they could have had videotape and photos of Slick Willie doing inappropriate things. Do you think he's going to jail? absolutely not and the real reality is whether you like it or not some people are above the law and there's a lot of people protected by that sealed up client list that leakin lion james comey's daughter sealed up as a member of the prosecution mind you there's a lot of people on that list that are breathing a sigh of relief that that is not the thing that's going to be revealed to the public But let's get back to the fact that some people are upset, whether it be quietly or very publicly, that there's no smoking gun that ties Donald Trump to pedophilia. How far of a country have we... How far have we fallen as a country? People are upset that the politician you don't like did not have sex with kids.
2: Not only that, but he... Trump kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago, got him banned from Mar-a-Lago for allegedly hitting on an underage employee, Uh, severed ties with that friendship long before he's ever accused of doing anything nefarious.
3: And again, so far, and maybe there's more information to come, maybe there is, but so far no witnesses have claimed Donald Trump was doing anything inappropriate. And that is driving some of the never-Trumpers crazy, and that's bizarre to me. Because, look, I hate Ryan Mears. I hate Boss Hogshead. But at the same time, I hope and pray they've never done anything to kids. Some of these never-Trumpers, they're ridiculous. I retweeted some clown earlier. Uh, It's some guy that trolls us all the time, Sinead something or other. He's upset that Donald Trump was not tied to pedophilia. Think about what you're saying here. And if you want to see that, if you think I'm making this up, go to the Hammer and Nigel Twitter feed. Scroll down. You'll see this loser. Can you imagine being upset that somebody didn't have sex with a kid because you don't like their politics? What in the hell is wrong with these people? I'm so disappointed. I was really hoping for this one. And the USA Today, they kind of fall into that category because their headline, they were trying to lump Donald Trump and Bill Clinton together yeah the the headline read read, Clinton and Trump are named in Epstein documents now if you don't follow the news very closely you see that headline Clinton and Trump are named in Epstein documents you think both of them are going down there doing horrible things Trump was named in the documents because he did not do anything the witness said that had no contact with Donald Trump, had never seen him on Epstein Island. Bill Clinton, on the other hand, different story. But the USA Today's headline, Clinton and Trump, named in Epstein documents.
2: Listen to I mean, listen to this. Former President Trump is mentioned in the documents, but no reference is made to any illicit behavior on his part. A witness recalled Epstein saying, quote, we'll call up Trump during a stop in Atlantic City. That's literally all this is. That's it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Clinton's mentioned like every other paragraph, every other sentence.
3: And it's not good. It's not like it's the same type of mention. And the other thing that cracks me up, these never Trumpers, the folks with full on TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, they keep sharing this old photo of like Trump next to Jeffrey Epstein, which is taken completely out of context because so far, and again, let me just say that so far... There's no tie to Donald Trump going to that island and having sex with minors. But, yeah, there is a picture that exists, and people are taking that out of context. So, again, we've got a crazy year ahead of us. It's only January 4th, and we're talking about Stephen Hawking orgies. (laughs) Let that sink in for just a little bit. we got a crazy year ahead of us, and... Many names on this list that rolled out only had, quote, dealings with Jeffrey Epstein. And maybe we're going to find out more names down the road. But there's one thing for sure. You do not want your name anywhere near Epstein's list. No. And with that being said, Hammer and Nigel Records... We were in a little bit of a Hall & Oates mood oh, when we yeah. put this together.
4: Because I saw your name on Epstein's list. What a lousy after-Christmas gift. Because your name's on Epstein's list. You better not tell your wife.
3: little something from Hammer and Nigel Records to lighten the mood of a serious story.
2: Show. Hammer, what do I need to know about the uh, big Pacer win last night against Milwaukee? I was kind of flipping back and forth between that, and I was fighting over the remote with my kids, and they're still out of school, and um, I'm still watching uh, Reacher as well on Amazon. So I was kind of doing the old channel surf last night. You uh, did you go to the game? You go to these games? Didn't did make it the-
3: last night. Watched it from home last night. But you've been to multiple games this season. Yeah, For sure. It's fun, man. Fieldhouse gets rocking, and it's a really fun team to watch. And last night, there's a little rivalry brewing between Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers. Because the Pacers, they're on the up-and-coming you know side of things right now. And Milwaukee, honestly, is where the Pacers want to be. They won a championship a couple years ago. Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the best players in the league. They're in the same division, same conference. So they play each other a lot. But the Pacers have won four out of five this season against Milwaukee. And what's been fun lately, Milwaukee's been real mouthy. Like these teams are starting to develop a little bad blood. There were some technical fouls last night, a lot of trash talk, people getting knocked down. I like it. I'm here for that, man. It's been a while as a Pacer fan where you could sense a real rivalry was happening and not just because of a certain player. Right? Some would say the Pacers and the Heat when they had LeBron James. Well, I don't really think that was a rivalry. One, the Heat always won. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, that's more of just a LeBron James kind of thing. But the Pacers and the Bucks, there's a lot of similarities there. And these two teams, man, they go at it. Game was fun last night. You got Tyrese Halliburton making behind the back passes, uh, hitting four point plays. It's just good to see the field house rocking and rolling again and people caring about the Indiana Pacers. It's good for downtown.
2: NBA All-Star voting. First fan returns are in. Tyrese Halliburton in at number one for the guards for the East. Okay. At uh, 1.3 million votes so far. Right behind him is Damian Lillard at 955,000.
3: Oh, Halliburton balled so, all over Dame Lillard last night. It was beautiful. It was great. And, again, Pacers have won four out of five against Milwaukee this year, including the in-season tournament deal. Oh, that's right. Their yeah. star player, again, one of the best players in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Reporters asked him last night uh, about the Pacers winning so many games against his team. And he says, when you go home, you think about it, even – When it's late at night and you're about to get freaky.
1: Yeah, and you think about it. Now, when you go back home
2: and you sleep and you wake up, you think about it. Now, when you go back and uh, work out, you think about it. When you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it. You know? Um, But at the end of the day, it's good because now it gives us time to fix things. Yes, sir! Even when you're about to, quote, get freaky at
3: night? You got Tyrese Halliburton running through your head? That's how you know you're in somebody's head. <laughs> when Giannis is about to put the hammer down on Mrs. Giannis, he's seeing Tyrese Halliburton in his head. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, Pacers play again this Friday downtown, and then Saturday. Saturday is going to be amazing downtown. The Boston Celtics come in, so the Pacers have a big game against them. The Colts have a big massive game in essence a playoff game against the texans over at lucas oil stadium so all this is happening downtown on saturday now if you can't be near television this is how things are going to play out the iu basketball game which is also nationally televised against ohio state will be on wibc saturday night at eight the pacers game which I believe starts at seven will be on the fan and the Colts game, which starts at eight will be on Hank, Hank FM. They're How picking cool up the Colts. is it
2: that our radio company, this conglomerate, this, this cluster has all the big time sports teams. It is I pretty solid.
3: It. That is pretty, pretty solid. And real quick, one more thing on the Colts here. Zaire Franklin, he's their linebacker. He leads the NFL in tackles and he's even missed a game with an injury He was not named to the regular roster of the Pro Bowl. No. They named him as an alternate. He was not selected to be part of the main Pro Bowl roster, even though he's made tons of big plays, game-changing plays, and I can't stress this enough, leads the NFL in tackles. That sucks.
2: Leads the NFL in tackles and is an alternate.
3: Yes. Quentin Nelson was the only Colt that made the official Pro Bowl roster. Zaire Franklin was selected as an alternate.
2: How are we feeling about that? Uh, do we know what the line is yet for, for,
3: for, uh, for it, the Colts? It's flipped. The Colts opened up as a one-point favorite, oh, now but then right. all the yeah. money went on the Houston Texans, and now they're a one to a one-and-a-half-point yep. favorite coming into Indy. But, man, what does Zaire Franklin got to do to get invited to the Pro Bowl? You want to talk about election (laughs) fraud, that's it. Voter fraud, that's it right there.
2: Somebody's stuffing the ballot box.
3: Stop the steal. Stop the count. Dateline Nevada, a Burger King employee in Nevada, is in the news again after a GoFundMe helped him buy his first house. A video of him went viral back in 2022 when he got a bunch of lame swag after not missing a single day of work in 27 years. Oh,
2: I remember this. Yeah, 27-year streak and they got him like a Burger King t-shirt. And <laughs> right. Bumper sticker.
3: Since then, the GoFundMe has raised almost 450 grand yes. to help him retire. Here's Kevin Ford giving people a quick tour of his home and talking about how blessed he feels to now be a homeowner.
6: Something I never thought
2: would be
0: possible for me. Homeownership. Now, my kids and my grandkids have some place to come visit me.
2: I mean, that's a that's a huge chunk of change.
3: Right. $450,000. And could we tell that TV station that did the interview with Kevin? <laughs> the music. Can you tell the guy on the violin to maybe pipe <laughs> down just a little bit? <laughs> I didn't come here to watch you, you know, play your violin. I came here to listen to Kevin. Can we hear that one more time, please, Allison? Listen how loud this guy is.
2: Yeah, I really can't understand him, actually.
0: Something I never thought would be possible for me. Home ownership. Now, my kids and my grandkids have some place to come
1: visit me. Kevin, we need you to speak up! The violin guy will shut the hell up!
3: It's the Hammer and Nigel
1: show. The Hammer and Nigel
2: Show. All around the world. All right. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special
3: guest on the hotline. Very talented writer. You can see his work at Outkick, outkick.com. One of the great follows on Twitter, X as well. Bobby Burak joins us. Bobby, happy new year. How are you?
7: Hey, guys, appreciate it. It's been a while. How are you?
3: Man, we're doing well, doing real good here in Indy. You've got an interesting article out at OutKick, and I started thinking about this, and maybe there's a little something to what's happening in our country. It's about woke culture and how last year, 2023, for the first time, people fought back against woke culture, and you started to see a little bit of a decline. Tell me about your article.
7: Yeah, so it was real mid-December that I sat back and said, what was the theme of 2023? And what came to me, obviously, was the pendulum. The pendulum swung. Um, at At the end of every year, rather, the cultural elites can go to bed in their penthouses and know that they have more power over the working class, the average American, than they did the year prior. I always say their goal is to obtain more power and prevent you from achieving that. How do they do that? They convince you you're powerless, that they set the trend and you just have to go along. But in 2023, the average American proved that is not true at all. Who were the biggest losers last year? In some order, Bud Light, Disney, Harvard, Pfizer, Moderna, Black Lives Matter. That was The working class telling the people above them, we're not going to keep buying your products. We're not going to keep donating. We're not going to go keep going to see these movies. We are going to boycott and protest the messaging you guys are putting out there. And the ultimate takeaway is the working man still controls this country. You empower the people above you, meaning the only way that those people stay in charge is if you keep voting for them, keep buying what they're selling, and supporting their causes. Andrew Breitbart once said, politics is downstream from culture. 2023 was a win in American culture. I think that sends a Signal of what's to come politically in 2024 with the upcoming election.
2: Go back to uh, Pfizer and Moderna. They, I mean, losing their ass in stock yeah. price. What exactly does that mean? How do? What do you read into that?
7: Well, I, mean, I think it means. We saw Pfizer is already adjusting their expectations this year because they don't believe they can meet Wall Street's projections. That means that fewer people are receiving the vaccines that are promoting. You look at their stock charts, they resemble companies that have lost the trust of the average American consumer. That's exactly what they did. Pfizer and Moderna benefited from this top-down lie that the vaccine was going to protect you from COVID and protect you from spreading COVID or hospitalization or death. None of that was true. It was all a lie, and people realized that, and they stopped getting the vaccines. Um, It's really encouraging because I fully expect CNN and the New York Times to – pump up some new wave and say, go get your vaccine, I don't think enough people will do it to satisfy Pfizer and Moderna.
3: And go back to Bud Light for a second, I think that really was a watershed moment for a lot of people. Because I feel like so many companies and CEOs, they didn't feel like the blue-collar conservative movement had that in them to affect their sales that much. And it goes for Target as well, throw them in the same category.
7: Yeah, and what does that prove? That Bud Light answers to the Bud Light consumer, not vice versa. Um, Bud Light is the one begging for forgiveness by paying Dana White in the UFC $100 million just to hopefully make amends with the blue-collar red America. Um, so that was probably the most notable case. Um, but it goes back to a thesis that I had penned around June and that the silent... Majority or the silent minority, or I'm sorry, silent majority still controls the result. The vocal minority controls the message. And so we're led to believe that we don't have any power, that we have to go along with this stuff, that we're the bad guys, that we're in the wrong if we don't agree with gender and race ideology. But the past 12 months prove no, we're actually still in power. We've just for so long allowed companies like Disney and Bud Light and Target to espouse messaging that runs afoul of what we believe because we just went along to go along. But once you push back, once you hurt the bottom lines of those corporations, they eventually come around. I think that it's a major positive going into the new year, knowing that we don't have to put up with any of this stuff. And the next dominoes to fall, and they're already starting to fall, are DEI and ESG. I expect it to be a rough year for those two ideas.
3: Bobby Burak is our guest. He's a writer at OutKick. You can see his work at OutKick.com. You brought up Harvard a little bit earlier in our conversation, and it's wild to see how this is playing out. So you've got a woman who has been busted multiple times, over 50 times, stealing other people's work, plagiarizing, and oh, by the way, at the same time, she's just out of her mind, allowing a lot of these anti-Semitic things happening on her campus. She's basically forced to resign, and people are making this into a racial thing, Bobby.
7: Right, and they leave out that Liz McGill, the president yeah. of that She also sat up there with Claudine Gay and refused to definitively say that calls for the genocide of Jews as a violation of camp, campus harassment policy, so she was Essentially booted and forced to resign days later. The Claudine Gay lasts another full month, but it's only racist that the one who also plagiarized academic works had to resign. It's such a stupid, predictable argument. But this goes back to the pendulum and that the reason you see Al Sharpton, Mark Lamont Hill, Jamel Hill and Joy Reid screeching so loudly about Claudine Gay is because they expected the race card to protect her For. Since 2020, the race card has allowed a lot of public figures to skirt responsibility, but Harvard forcing her to resign shows the threat of being called a racist is starting to wear thin. And if that race card starts to lose power, I don't know how Joy Reid and Al Sharpton and Benjamin Crump are going to survive. They probably wouldn't.
3: But at the same time, though, Bobby, if those big donors stopped making those checks to Harvard because there were some threats that they weren't going to scratch those checks anymore, I think she would have been just fine.
7: Well, yes. Yeah, so this is, that is the piece I wrote before she resigned. My, I wrote a prediction piece, and my first prediction was that Claudine Gay would be forced to resign, not because Harvard wants her out, but because billionaire donors froze their donations and cited Claudine Gay as the reason why. So what this comes down to is the race card does not Trump the bottom line the bottom line is still what these institutions will side with over so companies are willing to be called racist if it makes them more money and in this case it did because eventually claudine gay was a conflict and liability to the funding of harvard university that's what this comes down to harvard didn't care about her plagiarizing content they had the first 40 allegations and called it what Inadequate citation. They did <laughs> right. nothing when, when the anti-Semitic <laughs> protest happened. She she pretty much supported them. They had no comment. Harvard didn't do anything until they realized, hey, these billionaire do- donors are forcing our hands.
2: It just seems like Claudine Gay was the classic DEI hire to begin with. I mean, she really didn't have the resume, and she uh, <clears throat> didn't have many published. Papers, we come to find out that she has dozens of dozens of uh, allegations of plagiarism in her past, and it's funny to watch a guy like Mark Cuban, for instance, argue with Elon Musk. Elon yeah. Musk, have you seen this back and forth about um, ha- about DEI and and how Mark Cuban still says DEI is
7: a good thing? I have, and what it reminded me of is white executives want to use diversity as a way to shield themselves, right? It's the best way to avoid ever being canceled if you can say, wait a minute, look at all the non-white people I promote, or look at all the white people I laid off and didn't replace. So it doesn't surprise me that Mark Cuban is an advocate of DEI because it allows him to increase his status by saying that he's an enabler of diversity. But I don't trust anything he says because this is a guy who railed against human rights in a. America, then turned around and defended the NBA doing business with China, where Secretary of State at the time, Mike Pompeo, clarified that they are committing genocide against Muslim Uyghurs. So he hates human rights in America, but has no problem with the human rights violations in China. So I don't think we should really take anything he says all that seriously.
3: Where can we find all of your writings and your work, Bobby.
7: Yeah, I'm on X. Uh, you can find me on there, outkick.com. I'm not on the other social media services. Um, you know, I would join Instagram, but it sounds like you have to be like a bikini model to really blow up Instagram. <laughs> so I think uh, it's kind of rigged against people like me, honestly.
3: I don't think so. I think a Bobby Borat calendar would sell a lot of copies. I'm telling you the men of outkick calendar. No, you and Dan Dockich and clay Travis each month. It's a new treat.
7: You know, we should pitch that because, um, there was a lot of conversation about that. So, uh, You know, maybe that would be a good way to build up an Instagram following. I agree. Um, You know, although I will say that I think Dockage would be very aggressive to be the cover boy on this. No
3: doubt, (laughs) yeah. Bobby Burak, Outkick. Check out his work. Bobby, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Uh,
3: if you need a reason to drink tonight, Nige. Always. 19 years ago, today, 2005, Ashley Simpson was booed off the stage at the Orange Bowl. Now, I believe this was the national championship game between USC and Oklahoma, and this is on the heels of her disastrous Saturday Night Live appearance where she got busted lip-singing. So she tries to roll out some new song. And for whatever reason, she was the closer. Like Kelly Clarkson was a part of this and somebody else. But they thought Ashley Simpson would be the closer. And this song totally sucks. And she was booed (laughs) off the stage. Take a listen.
1: (laughs) That's rough. Kelly Clarkson, Trace Adkins, Ashley Simpson part of our halftime show at the FedEx Orange Bowl.
3: Listen to that.
1: I, I my
2: wife and I back in the early 2000s had front row seats at like the Egyptian Room to watch her concert. We left like 3 songs in. <laughs> I was like, "Let's get out of here. This is dumb."
3: Like, and again, that wasn't like a big concert at Ruoff or Lucas Oil or something like that. It's the Egyptian Room. You kind of yes. know what you're getting into, right? Right. And you still walked out. I, I was like, "I'm going to get
2: a beer," and she looked at me and she goes, "Did you, you just want to go?" <laughs> <laughs> Go, uh, woman after my own heart I've, I've never
3: loved you more yeah, in my exactly. entire life alright FOP <laughs> President Rick Snyder's coming up uh, we have Harrison Silcox he's going to give us the news is it okay if we point to you Harrison can we do the news coming up in a little bit I don't want to overstep my boundaries by yelling through the window at you I just want to make sure we're okay Hammer and
4: Nigel do you believe
1: these characters are weirdos so
4: let's rock it
1: hello everybody
2: My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the
3: hotline. Longtime friend of this program. He is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. Rick Snyder joins us. Rick, Happy New Year to you and your family. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy New Year to you. So, Rick, one of the questions we've been talking about all week on this program is about the homicide numbers last year compared to previous years. Last year, 2023, in Indianapolis, saw a decrease in homicides compared to 2022. And if you look at the record-breaking year, which I believe was 2020, it's down quite a bit. Now, again, you're not supposed to set a record every single year, but the fact that the homicide numbers went down year over year, does that mean that the mayor, the prosecutor... All your good friends over at the uh, city county council, they get to do a victory lap, Rick.
6: No, far from it. I mean, we're in the fourth year of over 200 plus, uh, homicides, uh, you know four years in a row uh, first time that's ever happened in the history of the city so we're talking about 200 homicides and the first time in over 200 plus years of the city's existence it's a track record that no uh, elected leader uh, wants and uh, frankly it's one that many of them are trying to distance themselves from Proof positive of that is that you've seen this subtle uh, shift in the game in terms of word word games and semantics where now the focus is talking about quote-unquote criminal homicides yeah. Uh, versus overall homicides and the reason for that is is uh, we've always stayed focused on overall homicides because it is a good snapshot of your overall levels of violence in your community. Listen, what this means when they're talking about criminal homicides being down lower is that justifiable self-defense shootings and homicides are surging. And that is exactly what happens when you are when you have levels of violence that are unabated by ineffective policies, especially in our courts, and prosecutorial failures. People start talking, taking the law, quite literally, into their own hands, and rightfully so. They have to defend themselves because we do not have effective policies in place that uh, keep them safe. And it's policies such as uh, closing the revolving door of criminal justice in Marion County. It's not just us saying that. We have the superintendent of the state police that is saying that, and I think most everyday citizens throughout Indianapolis and Marion County are getting hip to the fact that their elected leaders and officials have set them up for failure, and uh, these are the results that we are left with.
2: What do you say? Like I was watching the news, and yes, I saw like the numbers are down. One of the things the. Um, the story in the news, the, the reporter attributed to the numbers being down, is that there is more cooperation from the community uh, with the police. Uh, are, are you seeing that more of a more of? Um more of a communication, more of, of, of a partnership almost. I mean, the unfortunate um, incident where the firefighter was murdered and his, and his companion, um, that was due in part to some people from the community coming forward and letting police know what happened. Are you starting to see maybe, hopefully, the community um, partner and uh, able to communicate with police officers?
6: Well, there's one key factor that's involved with all that, and that's trust and competence in the system. Yes. As it relates to the Marion County system, there is no trust or competence. As it relates to the prosecutor and the courts, the police themselves have voted no competence in both entities. Yet residents do have competence when we have shifted the game and started taking many of these cases by bypassing the local criminal justice system to the federal courts. I give full credit to mayor Hogsett for this change in policy It is extremely effective. He even said himself, it was the bypass the quote unquote revolving door of criminal justice in Marion County. And it's because in the federal court system, you don't have things like catch and release. You don't have bond while you're awaiting trial. And when you are convicted, you are, you are, are separated from the criminal activity. And guys, that's the real key to the whole game here is that we have to have policies that focus on separating the criminal offender from the gun rather than separating the gun from the law-abiding citizen. And that is the distinction that has to be made and has to be focused on. And listen, You can't get around these stats. We still had three people on average shot or stabbed every single day in the city of Indianapolis last year. We still had the highest level of juvenile homicides for any year in the city's history. We still had the highest level of female homicide victims for any year in the history of the city of Indianapolis. So our politicians should spend less time trying to spike the football and more time trying to find solutions that actually work and work in tandem with their law enforcement professionals that know what we need to do, which is to get back to basics and start holding criminal offenders accountable.
3: Rick, I want to run something by you. This was something that I said the other day and maybe it rubs some people the wrong way, but I believe this 100%. I used to be somebody that... You know, if you didn't tell police about a homicide that you've seen, you're part of the problem. But now, in this current climate that we've got in Marion County, where you've got a prosecutor who just lets people back out on the street the next day, maybe slaps them with an ankle monitor, I understand why so many people are hesitant to come forward with information about crimes and killings and all that kind of stuff, because I think they understand there's There's a chance whoever it is is going to get right back out on the streets and maybe come after them. Does that make sense?
6: That's exactly what is happening, and that's why trust and confidence goes away. Listen, to put it in perspective, guys, the city of Chicago, their homicides were down last year as well. They only had 644 recorded homicides in their city last year. But here's what's worse. Indianapolis, when you adjust for our population differences, we still outpace Chicago by 4.04 percent in homicides per capita. That is what our residents know. That is what visitors know to our city, and that's why you're seeing the economic impact that's occurring. Quite frankly, the loss of respect and confidence in the court system is why you also see officers heading for the exits and fleeing this city as well. We are in an absolute retention crisis for the number of officers that we have. We're, we're, we are now dipping dangerously close to less than 1,500 officers in a city of well over a million uh, residents and visitors that we serve on a daily basis. And as a result of that, we are now having to look at reduction in services that are in Able to be provided. That is why we're saying to the mayor, listen, solutions do exist. You can correct course here. You took a step in the right direction on this change of going to the federal prosecutor level for many of these crimes that involve criminals, violent offenders with firearms. But we also need to make sure we're doing everything we can to pull out the stops and keep the cops that we have. We are in the first time in my 25 plus year career of where I've seen other agencies not only competing, but out competing with the IMPD in terms of being better paid, better equipped, and by far better supported in this capital city. So we call on the mayor. Now is the time to pivot. Now is the time to say we have to do something that gets around the hurdles we face with this prosecutor and this court system. We have to get our hands around it, and we have to make sure we keep the well-seasoned professional police officers we have now so that we don't continue to not only lose them but not be able to recruit
2: uh, very eligible candidates in the future. Yeah, the police officer aspect of this whole thing. I mean, you put some stats out yesterday on social media. 138 officers nationwide were shot in 115 ambush attacks that was only one of many disturbing stats having to do with police officers under attack nationwide
6: well guys it shows what's going on right there is a war on cops in this nation there's a war on cops in indianapolis that's why you've seen such high levels of police action shootings yet you have critics saying that they shouldn't be occurring well they're occurring because officers are forced to defend themselves just like the significant increase in self-defense shootings by our citizens as well. they are, We are all in this together, and we're up against crime and violence, the likes of which we've never seen, including, on average, an officer being shot every 23 hours in this nation. Very few people go to work in an environment such as that, but our officers are willing to do it day in and day out. You saw the video that was released yesterday where an officer rescued a female who was in the process of being murdered. He had to, unfortunately, use force that Result in death. That's a decision that that officer has to live with for the rest of their lives. But there's also a life that was saved and a woman that will go on to live because of that officer's actions. What happens when the officer is not there any longer? That's the point that we are making. Yet our, our mayor does say, hey, I got reelected with 60, 60% of the vote. of about 28% people voting, but uh, nonetheless, he was reelected. We're prepared to work with him, but the overwhelming message we want to send to Mayor Hogsett when you go around touting getting reelected is this. Do not confuse apathy with popularity, and apathy is what is killing our city as we speak. So we have got to change course, we must compete, and we must retain the officers that we have.
3: Rick Snyder is our guest, president of the Fraternal Order of Police. Rick, we got about 30 seconds left. One more thing I wanted to uh, get your opinion on. We had the story earlier today about this idiot that robs a gas station and then goes down to the casino in Shelbyville. He gets busted because the license plate reader, you know, picks up what his plates are. The police were able to track him down and ultimately make the arrest. Are we seeing the technology uh, starting to pay off here in Marion County? Without
6: a doubt, you'll remember in 2019, we were the first ones to call for these technological steps to be taken. That included the installation of license plate reader technology, as well as public safety cameras and body-worn cameras that are capturing all the great work of our police officers. They do work. They're a piece of the puzzle, but they're still technology, and technology will fail. You need to have that human heart, that human mind behind the badge just making those life and death decisions. But without a doubt, the license plate reader technology has been a huge increase in our abilities to to track offenders and then be able to bring them to justice. The part that is missing, the piece that is missing to all of this, is a system that then ensures accountability. And I'm confident that with the help of people like the superintendent of the state police advocating and highlighting these issues and hopefully more officials coming online, if need be, we'll be able to make changes at the state house uh, to get some legislation that's favorable to making changes. But without a doubt, it's going to take all of us pulling in the same direction And that's my hope and prayer as we enter 2024. We can do better and we must do better.
3: He is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86, Rick Snyder. Rick, as always, we appreciate your time. And please tell your officers the Hammer and Nigel Show supports them 100%.
2: Thank you, guys. God bless you. Hammer and Nigel presents
3: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah.
2: is this anything all right let's rock and roll let's rock and roll hey Mara, how do we play is this anything
3: i will run some stories by you you are the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict is the story anything or not we start with this a pennsylvania family's home was set on fire by their pet pig oh. trying to stay warm Here's the homeowner talking about how the fire was started.
0: His home was under the porch. I had added extra hay for him because I knew it was going to snow. He had a little heat light there in the front. See where there's a little board right there? And he uh, must have knocked his hay into the heat lamp and caught the house on fire.
2: Yeah, this is something. If old Petey, the pet pig, catches my house on fire, almost kills my family, the pig's getting processed. Sorry. I mean, like, go ahead and make some bacon while you're at it, while you're watching the house burn down because of the pig. Am I insensitive here?
3: No, no, nope. I'm... I understand. I mean, anybody that's been through a fire knows what that's like. Uh, We lived in apartments when I was real little, as a kid, and the apartment complex burned down. And just the amount of hell that that causes, it sucks. Uh, Let alone when it's your own full house. I mean, it's hell for these people. And to find out that it started by a stupid pig... (laughs)
2: let us know hit us up at hammer and nigel if you're a pet pig owner i don't know too many people that have pet pigs i do know owners of pigs that have them processed yes and they have their own meat supply for the year
3: Pet is the key word here. Like, there are people who have pigs for the sole purpose of taking them to slaughter. Like, who's got Wilbur, like from Charlotte's Web? <laughs> who's got Wilbur that becomes babe. the pet, right? Who's got Babe? You know, if you have a pet pig that you have no intentions of taking to make bacon or sausage, let us know at Hammer and Nigel.
2: Now, the pig, by the way, is being treated for burns and smoke inhalation. So they aren't about ready to process their pet pig just yet.
3: They almost got their bacon and (laughs) sausage. Whether or not they wanted it or not. Yeah. Is this anything? (laughs) God, this is such a ridiculous sentence in itself. (laughs) A 93-year-old TikToker (laughs) got in on the dating wrapped trend. That's the trend where people talk about all the dates that they've had in 2023 This old broad does a great job of poking fun at all the Gen Zers who did it last month with her tales of... Senior Golden Dating.
7: I went on five first dates. I met one at a
5: funeral and he was cute. One was from Instagram. I met one at a bar and two at bingo. I just all of them. One wasn't honest. One died. I ghosted two, and one became my boyfriend.
7: This is how many ghosted me because he turned into a ghost. May he slay in peace. I was in two situationships. They were losing.
2: Of course, it was the guy at the bar and the guy from Instagram. <laughs> Total <photo> relationships won. <laughs> that anything? You go, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you get that. Just because you're in your 90s doesn't mean you have to stop dating. I don't know if she was she mocking people that were doing this for real, or I think this?
3: she was mocking people that do it for real. My mom
2: made a big deal about telling us over the holidays how she has joined TikTok. Oh no. I love uh, by the way, did you know I have my own TikTok account now? I love TikTok. Oh no, that's yeah. so awkward. Mom, what are you doing? Chinese mind control, really? She goes, <laughs> I love it. There's nothing you could say or do about it.
3: All right, let's have a real conversation here. Let's say you're at a bar. You know, I'm going to Nashville tomorrow. Some good bars in Nashville. Yeah. You see a ninety three year old woman in the bar and she's there to party. Do you buy her a drink? Absolutely. That's what I say too. Yes, of course. Now I'm not taking her back to the hotel room. I got a couple of buddies
2: that would. <laughs> <laughs> that I could name off the top of my head.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I if I see a ninety three year old granny over there, hell yeah, man. Give her a shot of sure. bourbon. Give her a shot of whiskey. She deserves it. That's awesome. It's the Hammer and Nigel show
2: To the Hammer and Nigel show. We're playing the feud, Hammer. Let's go. Texas Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw versus Jesse Waters from Fox News, longtime friend of the Hammer and Nigel show.
3: So, Crenshaw, he's the eye patch guy, for those who don't know, military vet. He says that Fox News canceled all of his appearances. After he may or may not have said Jesse Waters pee sitting down on social media.
2: <laughs> really?
3: So, what? this all started when what? Jesse Waters did a segment on his program on Fox talking about insider trading and how a lot of these officials in Washington, they make a lot of money on the stock market, and it may or
4: may not be insider trading. 23 was a hot year for stocks. The S&P 500 was up 24%. So how's your portfolio looking? Bet it's not looking as good as members of Congress because politicians crushed the market last year. Their performance smoked, and I mean smoked, professional money managers who do this all day for a living. Coming in at number one, Democrat Congressman Brian Higgins from New York. He was up a whopping 239 percent what about the wolf of washington nancy pelosi she came in 41 points above the s&p 500 this year well done nance i mean paulie and then we have republican congressman dan crenshaw who beat the market by 13 points our lawmakers made over a billion dollars in financial transactions this year a lot of them investing in companies that they had inside information on ladies and gentlemen. This is what corruption looks like.
3: So that's what upsets Dan Crenshaw. Jesse Waters talking about folks that have access to inside information. I'd be mad, too, being mentioned in the same breath as Nancy (laughs) Pelosi. But, you know, it is what it is. And because this is 2024, Dan Crenshaw took to Instagram he went to social media to air his grievances. It was like Festivus. It was an airing of grievances. And here to recite what Dan Crenshaw wrote about Jesse Waters on social media, the amazingly talented WIBC news anchor, Sasha Nixon. Oh.
0: Hey, you hack. If you're going <laughs> to accuse me of literal corruption, get your facts straight and man up and come accuse me to my face. You're an clown desperate for clickbait. I literally have $10,000 invested in stocks and haven't made trades in over a year. I have never had more than twenty k invested while in Congress. Fox knows this, but they're desperate for fake controversy to get clicks. Waters is a tool, making millions to push conspiracies on TV and bash veterans like me who have barely a fraction of his net worth. Wake up, America. The political entertainment industry is almost always lying to you.
3: Sasha Nixon from the
2: WIBC that was newsroom. Tremendous, Sasha. Well uh, done. Waters is a tool making millions to push conspiracies.
3: <laughs> now, what if I told you that hot take on Instagram? Oh, man, that's great. Wasn't the only thing that Dan Crenshaw put on social yeah, media? I didn't hear
2: anything about. Pe- wasn't there something about Pink sitting down at the beginning of this
3: segment? Once again, okay. from the WIBC newsroom. Sasha Nixon.
0: Losers like Waters grew up with a (laughs) silver spoon, and for some reason, people are fooled into believing he's some genuine blue-collar conservative. Yeah, he's such a conservative, he cheated on his wife and then left her with twins while he went off with another Fox producer. And let's be honest, Jesse Waters seems like the type of dude who pees sitting down.
3: (laughs) Once again, the amazing... Sasha Nixon from the WIBC Newsroom. I
2: want Sasha to become more of a part of this show when reading tweets. I mean, Stan Lear... the uh, retired Stan Lear, when we had him read tweets, he was great, he was great at it. But that, he, Sasha's a close second.
3: That was a home run, very well read, <laughs> and he's uh, sitting down. <laughs> that's what got uh, Dan Crenshaw uninvited, basically blacklisted from Fox. You know, because Jesse Waters, he's one of the faces of their network now. You know, it's probably Sean Hannity, and then Jesse maybe Gutfeld at two.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his background is in terms of his family and his, his the the money situation with his family. I do know that he worked his way up in the mailroom at Fox News.
3: Right. He's told and us he that story is, on our program before.
2: Yeah, it's not like he was just handed over uh, this this primetime slot. He, he worked his way up, got on with Bill O'Reilly, was doing man on the street stuff, and just sort of worked his way up from there.
3: And Crenshaw made it personal talking about uh, cheating on his wife and peeing sitting down. Well,
2: look, I will admit, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and I've had a few and I'm waking up in the middle of the night, I have to pee, sometimes I stumble in there and just have a seat.
3: So social media is correct. You do pee sitting down.
2: In certain circumstances.
3: Got it. And, we need and, to make those if, T-shirts again.
2: If, if, you're, if you're a guy at my age... And you don't, and you're telling yourself you've never done that, you're a liar.
3: I never voluntarily have peed sitting down, and you're one year older than me. Voluntarily. Right. It's like sometimes you sit down to take a dump, and it's like, well, while I'm here, I might as well go ahead and pee. Like that's different than it's late at night, and I better sit down to pee for my own safety. Yeah, that's That's completely different.
2: Just being honest, shows about honesty.
3: We haven't had one of these in a while. We've got a Hammers Hero. Oh, and my goodness. now it's time for Hammers Heroes! I love this story. A homeowner here in Indy fought off a home invader and killed him with his own gun. So, bad guy Kill- tries to break into this dude's house, and he's armed. He actually comes rolling deep with a group of people, but he's trying to break into this guy's house around 7 o'clock at night. So he comes, you know, to the house, tries to break in, hits the homeowner with the gun. But my man was like, no, 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 that's not how this is going to play out. So a big fight breaks out, and the homeowner takes the gun from the bad guy, kills him with his own gun. And as soon as that gunshot goes off, all the other bad guys that were outside in the car, you know, driving the getaway car or whatever, their pants, well, they started spraying bullets at the guy's house. So my man, the homeowner, went back, got his own gun, too. And now he's coming out like Chuck Norris, double barrel, and he's firing back. But again, he's protecting one himself and two his home.
2: Yeah, and there's guys like Beto O'Rourke that don't think that you have the right to defend yourself. They don't think that you have the right to have a uh, you know a certain capacity for a magazine for as many bullets to put in your gun. Right. Oh, you only need like a six shooter. You got three guys rolling up on you. You're going to need more than a six shooter. Right. You're going to need an. You're going to need an AR-15.
3: The guy's name was Brent Smith, and he spoke to Fox 59.
7: Smacked me in the head with the gun and told me I knew what it was. And then I'm like, I yelled out. I said, hey, they trying to rob me. It, just like a movie, man. I, it, it was like a movie, man, the men wrestling over the gun. But when the gun went off, I hear thousands of gunshots. Oh. I didn't even think him or me. I was just basically trying to survive myself, man. I don't know, man. Like I don't know his intention, but I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be shot, man. That just all to it.
2: Well, it doesn't matter his intention. I automatically assume his intention is to kill
3: you, right? and he was not charged the guy that you know oh, was good. the homeowner has not been charged because of amazing people like our pal guy relford and some other 2a champions at the indiana state house castle doctrine yeah. castle doctrine you know he's sitting there doing his own thing hanging out at home and bad guys break in and again it wasn't just one guy one guy broke in but there were others outside
2: but there are people, there are gun like, you know, moms demand action that think you only need, uh, they would rather you not have a gun at all. But if you must have a gun, it can only be, you know, filled with eight bullets. Right. Uh, limited capacity.
3: We got a dead bad guy here that was trying to break in. I know for a fact that guy's not going to be out on the street the next yeah, day because of Ryan it. Mears. So Brent Smith, golf clap for me. Nice. Hammer's heroes. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
2: To the Hammer and Show. Let me just say something to you real quick here, bud. I, I was going to bust your balls a little bit because, you know, it's the first week of January. You're already taking vacations, which I think is hilarious. But, man, you guys, the Hammer family, have been through a lot towards the end of 2023. And it all culminated with you are on their way to the airport in Florida. I don't know if you talked about this or not. If you want me to stop talking about it, I no, will. No, go ahead. I, you guys are on your way to the airport. What was it, December 22nd? Um, uh, yeah. And and you had to cancel your trip to Florida because young Jake came down with influenza A. Right. And that just, I mean, literally on your
3: way to the airport, right? Right. Now, by the and, way, you took the first day off of this year, so you don't get to bust anybody's balls. You were out January 2nd. Absolutely, I was. Uh, but, man, that's the first but, time that's but, ever happened to me.
2: But, you, but you're taking the wife... And and giving her a nice weekend in Nashville, you're taking the boys down south, and I just wanted to say that the the the. I couldn't imagine having to cancel your vacation because of that. That must have just been a gut blow a couple of days before Christmas.
3: And poor Jake, bless his heart. He's your
2: 16-year-old, right? Is he 16? Yeah,
3: 16 now, just turned 16. He was so upset because he thought he ruined everybody's plans. Oh,
2: no. He tested positive
3: for influenza A, flu A. And, man, he was beat to hell. He could barely walk across a room. He had no energy. Uh, He was sicker than a dog. Bless his heart, man. We had to cancel our trip. Uh, I got the money back on the hotel. Yeah, what about the flight? Had to eat it. (sighs) Had to eat it. That sucks. But, but
2: it is but, what it but, is, but, man. But but Crystal, especially, you know, with the you had lost in your family in twenty twenty three towards the end of the year, and to have that happen just must have sucked. But you you were still surrounded with family and you made the best of it.
3: Right, right. And twenty twenty three was a kick in the crotch yeah. uh for family issues in the hammer house. It really was. My wife in January of last year lost, in essence, her father, yeah, the guy Brownie. that helped raise her, Browning, oh, who I was love awesome. And and then in November, she lost her mom, yeah. who was like her best friend in the world. So, all of that, and then we decide, you know what? We're going to go to Florida Ugh. for Christmas. And then Jacob gets sick right before we go. It's like, man, this year can't end fast yeah, enough.
2: I got to tell you, man, I, I had that little bastard of a virus from China finally got me. And I'd much rather have that than what
3: Jacob had. I was on vacation, and it sounds like that virus ran rampant through this building.
2: Uh, I don't know specifically if it was COVID or the flu. I know everybody on my street in my neighborhood, we weren't around each other at all. Everybody had... I was lucky. I, it was a mild case. But I sent you and Rob pictures that day of the temperature, like a, a 103 and a yeah. half. You were cooking. <laughs> <laughs> was, He's cooking now. I was sweating bullets, just cooking. My wife is like, I go, I go, no, I got to go to work. Hammer's gone. I, she's like, are you kidding me? It would be the most irresponsible thing you could do right, to right. go to work. So Guy Relford and Bla- Brad Kloppenstein held down the fort for us uh, that day. I think the
3: entire newsroom yeah. had something go through it. Uh, our pal JMV at the sports yeah, station got yeah. sick.
2: Eddie, I think, his is his producer Eddie. Is yeah, that Eddie name? Garrison. Yeah, they all. So I don't know if it was COVID or not. I know it was the first time I'd ever had it because my wife made me get. I would have normally never even tested. Like, what's the point? But we're going to be around elderly relatives right. for Christmas. But I luckily never really had to alter plans because it happened. Days in advance of Christmas. I didn't want my kids getting sick. I didn't want my wife getting sick.
3: Smart. Did you guys, did anybody else get sick in your family? No, we were pretty lucky. And you sent me a message and said you would much rather have what you had compared to what Jacob had.
2: Yeah, because my fever broke... I mean, later that day, uh, that Wednesday, uh, I mean, I was at 103 and a half, hit it with some Advil, and then four hours later with some Tylenol, and by then, once that fever goes away, it's a whole new world. I didn't have any congestion or cough, but it just sucked the life out of me for the next couple of days, even though I didn't have a fever. Right. Yeah. By by Christmas, it, it was fine.
3: Poor jakester yeah, man. man. It took a couple of days to recover, and then he just slept nonstop for about do. two days, yeah. man. Like, nonstop the, out there. Did you the take clock. any
2: prescriptions? uh Tamiflu. Did it work? Yeah. Does that stuff
3: work? Seemed I've to help had. him. I mean, he got better. I don't know if that was just a natural progression or what, but the Tamiflu stuff seemed to help him. We had to, uh, my wife
2: and I had to cancel a couple of vacations because of. Just COVID, not us coming down with COVID, just because in 2020 and 2021. Right. There's nothing worse. I mean, that's, that's, that, I mean, here you are, December 22nd, on your way to the airport. So, my, you know, Hats off to you guys and have fun in Nashville this weekend. Yeah, man. i are going to watch it. the Colts
3: game Saturday night uh, going in Nashville. Go to Kid Rock's bar? Might go to Kid Rock's bar. Drinks of Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll be down there having a good time. Uh, coming up here in just a little bit, we will check in with a certain president of the United States. Whoa. And Rob Kendall flies off the handle, goes off the rails. That's coming up at 530. Do not go anywhere. Hell, come on back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos?
5: So let's rock it.
3: Oh, Yeah! Happy Thursday. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I am Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is here. No, no. Allison is here. Matt Bear is here. The only person missing is Wheel and Dealin. Hair sniffing kids dealing Joe Biden.
6: I got hairy legs.
4: The Happy birthday to Allison. Mm-hmm. Ketanji John, John, John Jackson.
3: So Joe Biden, Yes. he's rolling out the campaign. He's finally starting. He's had enough vacation time nights where he feels rest. He feels like he's ready to get involved and do the campaign now. And so let me
2: guess, it's going to be a campaign of unity, bringing people together, Dem- Democrats and Republicans, all for the same goal of, of making the country better again. Ha! <laughs> ha! No?
3: Oh, Nigel, you and your drugs. <laughs> oh, no. No, of course not. Uh, it's going to really get going this weekend when Joe Biden has a speech in Pennsylvania to commemorate the third anniversary of January 6th. Now, keep in mind, Joe Biden was nowhere to be found during all of the 9-11 tributes this year. But hot damn, when January 6th rolls around, he's going to have a big speech talking about white supremacy being the biggest problem in America.
2: Yeah, I believe it was the Democrats that marched through the streets of 2020, burning cities to the ground, uh, breaking into federal buildings, breaking into police precincts. But it's Trump voters that are the problem.
3: Do I have that right? That is correct. Those no-good, rotten, red-hat-wearing MAGA supporters, the biggest problem in America. Not the fact that there's a wide-open border, not the fact that major cities have a crime epidemic, none of that. The fact that your grocery bill is through the roof, it's white supremacy and MAGA. That's the biggest problem. So
2: I'm assuming the concentration for the campaign, just like in 2020 it was Charlottesville, this time around it's January 6th, where a bunch of fools got out of
3: hand for a few hours. Let this sink in for just a moment. He's going to officially kick off his campaign this weekend with a big speech about racism, white supremacy. (laughs) Joe Biden is gonna have a speech about racism. This is a guy that has said the most racist things his entire career in Washington. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African Americans
6: and Hispanic workers and veterans you know, workers without high school diplomas. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a pretty, my, I'm not joking. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. That's just a
2: little bit. That's just a I mean, little bit. It's the whole thing where he can't go into a 7-Eleven without an accent. He goes, no, I'm not joking. He was being serious. Right.
3: It wasn't a joke. <laughs> Going to the funeral of segregationists, palling around with them all. I mean, he has been Awful for his entire run in Washington, and he's going to get up there you know, after he gets that big injection you know, in the backside, allegedly, as Donald Trump once said, and he's going to have enough energy to blame you for being a racist. <laughs> it just
2: seems so ironic that the whole thing is, yeah, we're going to shame people into, you know, we're going to shame the MAGA voters, we're going to portray the Trump voters with one broad brush, um, democracy is at stake here. When in turn democracy is exactly uh, the threat to democracy, is Joe Biden. The threat to democracy is taking out your political opponents, possibly trying to put them in jail, silence them. The the threat to democracy is taking their names, your opponents, off ballots in several
3: different states. Who's the threat to democracy here? Because I don't see it being Trump. And who wakes up in the morning and thinks that. White supremacy or January 6th is the biggest problem in America. I don't care if you're white, black, brown. You wake up in the morning, you're trying to think, okay, do I have enough money to pay my bills? Do I have enough money to feed my family? Uh, Is my family going to be safe? You could go down a long checklist of things before anybody starts thinking about, boy, I hope the Capitol's going to be okay. I mean, sometimes when you say this stuff out loud, it's absurd. And that's what his campaign's going to be about. And this leaked out today. This is going to be what the new television ad sounds like for Joe Biden's campaign.
4: There's an extremist movement who does not
3: share the basic beliefs in our democracy. All of us are being asked right now,
6: what will we do to maintain our democracy? History's watching world is watching. Most important, our children and grandchildren will hold us responsible. The Vice President and I have supported voting rights since day one of this administration. And I ask every American to join me in this cause.
2: Here's what we're going to do to support democracy. I'm going to throw my opponent, make every attempt to throw him in jail, silence him, while taking his name off the ballot in several different states. That's what we're going to do. That's what I'm going to do to protect democracy.
3: Right. And if you're a family that, let's say your car is broken down, you can't afford to go buy a new car right now because it's re overpriced. You've kind of lost money the last couple of years due to the inflation problem. You've taken a pay cut, basically. Do you give a blue rat's rear end about that TV ad? I don't Ohio, think you do.
2: January six, for that matter?
3: I don't think you do. I don't think anybody gives a damn about that. It's
2: still January 6th. It's still Trump the boogeyman. It's still shaming Trump voters and, and putting them in, you know, as Hillary Clinton once said, Infamously, a basket of deplorables.
3: Now, speaking of the Clintons, great segue there. Uh, old Slick Willie's name popped up quite a few times on that list for Jeffrey Epstein. Now, I say list in broad terms uh, yeah, there
2: here. There's court documents having to do with a uh, some sort of civil lawsuit against uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was Jeffrey Epstein's um, right hand man, so to speak, who would be- befriend the underage girls and take them to the Pervert
3: Island. Right. More than nine hundred pages of, uh, for the most part, unredacted documents dropped late last night. And really, other than maybe Stephen Hawking allegedly taking part in underaged orgies, not a lot of <laughs> things that we didn't know came out last night. How would that work exactly
2: with Stephen Hawking taking place uh, and participating in any sort of sexual activity? I have no idea. I mean, it was st- he was bound to a wheelchair. He couldn't talk.
3: He couldn't move. As we said earlier in the show, if you don't think this year isn't going to be completely insane, it's January 4th, and we're already talking about Stephen Hawking orgies. (laughs) We got a long way to go here, kids. Uh, But Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, uh, those were the names that we saw a lot. But again, we kind of already knew that. And the thing that's really bizarre to me, and we talked about this earlier, and I want to get Rob Kendall's perspective on this when he comes on to go off the rails. There's a lot of never trumpers, Republicans and Democrats. Let's not you know leave the Republicans out of this. The never Trump crowd. It's almost like they're upset that Donald Trump did not have sex with an underage girl on the island.
2: Yeah, barely. I think I mentioned Trump once in some fleeting sentence. I don't know what it had to do with something about his plane or something.
3: There was a witness that told, you know, an investigator, "Did you ever have any sort of action?" And I'm paraphrasing here with Donald Trump. Yeah, no, 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 no was the answer. But yet, the people that hate Donald Trump. They're upset, and I can't believe we're saying this out loud, they're really upset that pedophilia did not take place. That's staggering to me. Like I hate yeah, Ryan Mears. By then. I hate Joe Hawk but I would hope that they never harm a child. These never-Trump folks, they're upset that he was kind of exonerated in this first round. Now, maybe there's more information later.
1: I don't I, know. I
2: think there's going to be other um, releases of him, in- documents and court things here. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. They, they were, it was a big letdown that Trump wasn't more of a um, you name, prominently named throughout these documents right. that were released.
3: Because the information that was posted last night, we saw the you know, documents, you know, quote, Bill Clinton likes them young. That was out there. That's released. Donald Trump was basically cleared in this first round of things that came out. And there's some clown on Twitter that I highlighted, you know, likes to troll us all the time. He's upset that pedophilia did not take place. That's unbelievable. I can't believe we got to this point as a country. And by the way, you can share that picture of Donald Trump with Jeffrey Epstein from a number of years ago all you want, <laughs> yeah, and that. try to take it out of context. It does not mean that he was down on Pedophile Island doing horrible things. The first witness said that, basically, Donald Trump was clean. So Bill Clinton was mentioned a lot, a witness says that he, quote, likes them young. This brings us to great moments in Clinton Epstein history night. Okay. This happened at a Walmart. So if you have a missing child or if you have an announcement that you need to make, <laughs> they yeah, will make the right. announcement over the PA system. Well, somebody was looking for an individual first name Clinton, <laughs> last name Kildepstein. Good afternoon, our customers, if name have your
5: Please,
0: Will
3: Mr. Clinton Kildepstein. <laughs> meet your at the grocery entrance. Mr. Clinton Kildepstein.
7: <laughs> Mr. Clinton Kildepstein. Please meet
0: at the grocery entrance. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you
7: okay? Yeah, I'm
6: fine. I'm pretty, f- pretty? far from okay.
7: Uh! Are you
2: okay with
1: this? On the
2: Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, yeah! Did you know January harry is underway this month? Janu-Harry. That's when a woman is encouraged to skip the shaving, waxing, and plucking for a full month. Ooh. It's supposed to, you know challenge beauty standards, if you will. The the first January was back in twenty nineteen. Are you okay with Janu
3: Harry? What does that even mean, challenge beauty standards? Like, am I the bad guy because I don't think it's attractive? If you see a woman who's got a bunch of hair coming out of her bikini,
1: <laughs> like,
3: if she's walking around and it looks like she's got buckwheat and a leg lock, am I the bad guy for thinking that's not a good look? Is that challenging the beauty standards yeah, here? that in the pits.
2: Uh, that those two things, I've pretty much come to. Um, I've gotten used to those, so to speak. You know, <laughs> a, 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 a well-groomed pit and a well-groomed crotchel region.
3: Right. You know, you don't want your wife to make it look like ZZ Top's got something hanging out of the old bikini Lord. bottoms. There. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, is I get why this is happening. This has nothing to do with challenging beauty standards. This is payback for all these mangy-looking dudes doing no-shave November. That's all, Yeah, sure. Movember, as it's dubbed as. This is payback for that. Now, some dudes look good with facial hair. I am not one of those guys. Mine grows in all patchy and like Joe Dirt-like, and I just look like the kind of bum that you would see at a gas station trying to pick up cigarette butts off the ground.
2: My wife, uh, I don't know what she was trying to tell me, but one of the few things she got me for Christmas was what they call a... uh, a weed whacker.
3: Oh, <laughs> and I'm not talking about the one. I was going to say that has nothing to do with the yard out front. Uh, does it?
2: Uh, look at the look at the box that this came in. It's called Manscaped. So I've got like, but look at the
3: look at that box that it came. Look in. at that guy. <laughs> but read what the box says. Level up your grooming game. Your balls will thank you.
2: <laughs> it works great, by the uh, way.
3: Look, I'm not saying, you know, don't take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I take care a, of yourself. I needed
2: a new manscaper.
3: And you know what? That's the social norm. You're supposed to keep yourself groomed and tidy. Uh, yeah, I'm not really with this Janu Harry, <laughs> but if chicks are saying, look, this is a payback for that stupid goatee or mangy looking beer that yeah. you grew in November, I understand. Stand. Last night on Wheel of Fortune, a woman had the entire puzzle
2: exposed, but mispronounced the word congenial and lost to the next player. Here's Pat Sajak breaking the bad news to her.
5: Uh,
4: Charlotte, would you read what's up there, please?
5: Congenial company and clever conversation.
4: No. See. <sighs> congenial company and clever conversation. Yeah, we need to kind of have a coined word there you had.
2: I'm sorry. Are you okay with um, the outcome of Wheel of Fortune since she she had to, I mean, she had everything out there. She just pronounced it wrong. Congenial.
3: Yeah, learn to read. It's not that hard. (laughs) If you're going on a show, Wheel of Fortune, where to win the game, you know, Herm Edwards, play to win the game. You have to read. You should know how to read and pronounce Okay. All right, yeah. Now, let's be honest, too. Pat Sajak's playing with house money at this point. He does not have time for your crap. He's got one foot out the door. Ryan Seacrest is breathing down his neck to take over the Wheel of Fortune. He does not have time. So, if you're not 100% spot on, screw you, you're out. Sajak out the door. Now... This does bring us to great moments in Wheel of Fortune history. I love it when people butcher things on game shows. Oh, no. I hate the stupid people at the end of the family feud that play fast money, that don't know their rear end from a hole in the ground, and I hate morons on the Wheel of Fortune. The category (laughs) here was a living thing, okay? Remember that. A living
4: thing. It's a living thing. Larry and Melinda.
0: Popsicle bike.
4: <laughs> no. No Melinda.
0: Honey suckle bush.
4: Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> Popsicle <laughs> bike.
4: Larry and Melinda.
0: Popsicle bike. <laughs>
3: a living thing, a Popsicle bike.
0: (laughs) It's alive!
3: Ah! Run for your lives! Here comes the Popsicle bike! Kids, get in your room, lap the door! Man, that's a classic. Great (laughs) moments in Wheel of Fortune history. Uh, Somebody knows a little something here, right? So the category was same name, same name, and listen (laughs) to the first thing this woman thought of.
0: I'd like to solve. Okay. Bridal and gold shower.
7: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Janet, it's your turn.
0: I'd like to solve. Okay.
4: Bridal and cold shower. Yeah.
5: (laughs) uh,
3: (laughs) <laughs> so old shower was on the board and the first thing this woman thought of was Golden gold shower. shower of course And if you don't know what a gold shower is ask, just go to Google Ask Donald Trump <laughs> The old Russian pee-pee tape
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
6: I want you to get up
3: right now, but go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now and Nigel will go off the rails with rock and
4: noise pollution
2: my name is Nigel, Jason Hammers here, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show, here to go off the rails for the first time in 2024. Rob, how are you? Great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. I forgot, as Hammer mentioned earlier on your show, to wish you a happy birthday. You share the same uh, birthday as my son, December 31st, so the big 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe how long I've known, known you. Yeah. It's, it just seems like yesterday I was, I was sucking. <laughs> Back your Long Island iced teas in your face
1: at Kilroy's in Broad Ripple. So for we, I know we have new listeners all the time, but for those who don't know this story, uh, Nigel, of course, have, did you know Nigel was on X 103 at one point? I've, I've heard. heard. Yeah. Yes. Very, I was very big star. We were at uh, we were at Kilroy's there in Broad Ripple. I new was,
3: listeners are like, what the hell is X 103? Yeah.
1: <laughs> was it uh, Kilroy's there in uh, Broad Ripple with a, a lady friend? And about I don't know, this must have been two in the morning. Nigel comes waltzing in. Uh, I think your wife was there with you. Yeah. It was probably, what, 10, 10-ish years ago. And I said, uh, that. I said, oh, yeah, I said, that, you know who that guy is? And she said, no. I said, that's Nigel. He used to be a really big deal. And I said, let's go up and say <laughs> hi. And I said, uh, hey, Nigel, how's it going? Nigel may have been a little inebriated. Uh, looks at me, grabs my, you know, the pictures there of Long sure. Island, the Kilroys back then, and uh, said, hey, Rob Kendall proceeds to... Chug the Long Island, hand the Long Island back to me, <laughs> and waltzes out to his cab.
3: It was almost like Bluto from Animal House, like just drinking it and then smashing the guitar. Right, very
2: disrespectful move. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I still feel bad about that. Um, it was the Epstein list all it was cracked up to be? I know Hammer and I were talking about this yesterday, and to Hammer's credit, I mean, it was a big nothing burger, yeah. right? I Stuff mean, we already knew. Uh, it's it's, and nobody on this list is uh, accused of doing anything wrong there's no evidence. Officially. officially I mean Glenn Maxwell on the
3: record is saying Bill Clinton likes him pretty young right that's why I say the word officially yeah. should there be some investigations though Rob
1: well you've always said this that these are almost always nothing burgers how many times have we heard this is the big announcement this is the big Epstein or whatever Congress or whatever and it almost never ends up being what they promise it to be Everybody knows what Bill Clinton is, and everybody knew that he had a fairly well-connected relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, and there is no way that the president of the United States, former or previous with all that goes into the intricate details of planning and logistics and everything else, anywhere that person goes, that they didn't know who he was or what he was doing. Now, you don't know if he engaged in acts on that island or to what extent. That's still unclear. But it's very clear that he had a good relationship, a close relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Even after the first time Epstein was busted for something similar, they
2: kept hanging out with the guy.
1: And... How pathetic is that, that this guy is a pr- former president of the United States, oh, well, current president of the United States, when he first you know, started his relationship with Epstein, and these are the sort of people, whether he engaged in disgusting behavior on that island or not, he was paling around and on this jet and having dinners with this guy who was a monster, and there's no way Bill Clinton didn't know what a monster that guy was.
3: And the thing is, we keep hearing over and over again that— Everybody's name that was leaked out yesterday does not mean that they were doing wrongdoing. All right, fine. But does it at least warrant an investigation? Because I look at the current state of what's happening in this country with the FBI and the Department of Justice. If you are somebody that was alive near the Capitol on January 6th they're looking into you people have been locked up for a hell of a lot less than what Bill Clinton's being accused of
1: yeah but but they've known this for years I mean this this guy was going to go to jail he was arrested Epstein Joslain Maxwell is in jail was convicted they facilitated someone's and yet not one single person has been arrested for being the people they facilitated to that island
3: right that's my point Ghislaine Maxwell is locked up that's a fact she was charged tried and convicted for underage sex human trafficking that took place on Epstein Island okay well who was doing the trafficking who were the customers who were the clients because they broke the law too
2: And, and that's the real question we should be asking and we should be asking why I mean the FBI has the black book
1: They have the evidence. I've long thought Epstein was working for the government. I'm not sure to what capacity, but uh, my my general theory on this is now, and if they'd actually do an investigation, maybe they could disprove it, but since they won't, this is what I have come with, what we have to work with. He was working for the government. He was part of uh, His job was to blackmail these people, and the, they his job was take him to this island. These people did who know who knows what. I mean, just totally probably unspeakable things. And that's why there's never been an investigation, and none of the names have ever been revealed on the exact things that they did. And
3: it was James Comey's daughter who was the prosecutor that demanded that list be sealed up, not the defense, but the prosecutor, Leakin Lion Comey's yeah. daughter. Normally, the prosecution would be like, "We want the list of the bad people because we're going after them next." She wanted the list sealed.
1: And and if for people say, Well, that's conspiracy theory, that's way out there, is it really? I mean, you have a guy who is one of the most disgusting people who has ever walked the face of the earth, who facilitated horrible, unspeakable things to children. He was arrested. He was going to go to jail before he unalived himself, allegedly. And then...
3: (laughs) Unalived himself? uh, I've
1: never heard that before. And then the, you know, the the woman who was his, (laughs) you know, his assistant is in jail for it, and yet not one person has been arrested. How does that make sense? Somebody was engaging in disgusting lewd, despicable behavior with underage people, and nobody is in jail for it. So if that's the case, then how is it that uh, fringe of a theory to say he was clearly being protected by
2: someone? and, And that's all legitimate and the FBI should definitely open up the books. They have the black books. They know exactly what's going on. I don't know who they're protecting, but look at the bigger picture. Like We're sitting here talking about this right now. When there's a guy in the White House that is an complete and abject disasters, destroying this country, open porous borders, uh, just to name a few things. And we're sitting here talking about Epstein, which is a huge story, but not really compared to, and and we've got the Iowa caucuses in less than two weeks.
1: Well, so here's why it is a big story, though, because, and you know, for the very fabulous Hammer Nigel merch store, which is reopened now, the new dude in the news (laughs) uh, uh, shirt is fabulous. And coffee mug. Uh, Pint glass. That would be great. You have to get that for our boss, David Wood, for his birthday this year. Uh, um, but but you know, you think about so my money that I make off the I Hater I Love Rob Kendall is going to Project Rescue, and Project Rescue is uh, it exists to help victims of human sex trafficking. That it is a it is. A, So out of control. Human sex trafficking is a plague on our society. It grows by the day. The exploitation and abuse of kids grows by the day. So for that standard, take Epstein out of the equation, it is a reminder of how big of an issue this is, not just in America, but across the globe.
3: And you're right. You're 100 percent right. And protecting kids, <laughs> it's odd I even have to say this out loud, should be a bipartisan right. deal where everybody can agree on. Republicans, Democrats should both come together and say molesting kids, having sex with minors is a bad thing. But you go on social media and I you know retweeted some clown earlier today. There are people who are upset that Donald Trump yep. did not. Get Caught having sex with minors. There are people who are upset, whether it's quietly or very vocally, that Donald Trump didn't have some sort of smoking gun get released yesterday. And not
2: only that, but uh, Donald Trump, didn't he kick Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago? He was banned from Mar-a-Lago before any of that other stuff went down for some shady activity, tried to hit on an underage uh, employee of Mar-a-Lago.
3: Right. How the hell did we get to the point to Uh, where the politician you don't like... You know, all of a sudden, you're upset that he did not have sex with children.
1: Uh, not for for this, of course, but have you guys ever been banned from somewhere?
3: Uh, yes. Uh, the no. Eagles Lodge in Beach Grove. <laughs> and it was horse crap because they had a trivia night there, and it was oh. 90s music trivia. This was recent, wasn't it? Over the past five years, uh, About maybe? Yeah, six, seven years ago. Our friend <laughs> Kelly Miller was hosting it. Yes. And I was like a ringer <laughs> in 90s music trivia. Uh-huh. So I walked in there, and they're like... Prodigal son's here. Hammer. All right. Come on in. Uh, and I didn't miss a question. Yeah. And they told me never to come back.
1: You were kidding. True it story. wasn't even for drinking or being out of control? Or... I was
3: totally nice to everybody. But I just boat raced everybody in 90s music trivia. I think I may have thrown a no hitter in that
1: night. You ever been banned from somewhere?
2: Um, I've walked into a bar and was immediately told to leave after discreetly going to the bathroom and puking in the toilet, in the stall. But the guy followed me in there, the bouncer, and was like, you got to go, bro. No, I just, I, I came in here and throw to, I, I'm fine You made it now. to the toilet. I, I made it to the toilet. And, and no, got to go, bro. Got to go. Got to go. That happened in Knoxville.
3: Oh, man.
1: <laughs>
3: so anyway, a- you were saying. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it just bring this full circle. I mean, you have an issue which is clearly affecting many, many people in this country, which is human sex trafficking. It is pedophilia. It is child pornography. It is the movement of underage kids, some of them legal citizens of this country some of them not, people being sexually abused. This guy had the opportunity, the, or the public had through this guy the opportunity to really open this up and expose what a huge problem that this is, and we're not going to take it and it's all just going to be swept under the rug because that's how it that's But how I'm ours. not going
3: to be upset that a politician I don't like didn't have no, sex no, with no, children. No. I hate Ryan Mears and Joe Hogsett, but I hope and pray they did not do anything like that to children. Well, These Never Trumpers are out of their mind. No, I,
1: I, I agree with you, but I mean, you, that that's that's what it is right I mean the politics and the people don't even know what they're angry about anymore if you were to ask them why do you hate Trump so much you would get some incoherent psycho babble that isn't rooted in any fact whatsoever and it's just that's where we are now you had a pretty interesting take about what's going on on the southern border and how it's not just a Democrat Joe Biden problem yeah, the Republicans are trying to impeach Mayorkas. Yes. And, uh, Rightfully so, I DHS think. DHS Secretary Mayorkas. L- look, the, the, we've so diluted, so by the Donald Trump standard, I guess, yes, but we've so diluted what it means to impeach somebody. It used to be like high crimes and misdemeanors used to be a, like a really big deal. Right. And so now we're just focused on anytime we don't like somebody or they suck Would at their fired job. fired have been a better choice right. of words? Sure. But the problem is the Republicans are trying to act like they're some blameless victim in all this. And the reality is they've had the House of Representatives for an entire year. The House of Representatives controls the money. They have at least on three occasions had Joe Biden totally over a barrel in terms of op- opportunity to shut the government down if if they didn't get what they wanted and they've done nothing. So they've done nothing to secure the border. They've not done nothing to build the wall. They've done nothing to p- change the way we process people at the border. They had all of those uh, weapons or, or ammunition at their disposal and they've chosen to do nothing with it because they're not serious about securing the border. They want It is a campaign issue, and so they're going to use Mayorkas as this boogeyman, when the reality is they should look in the mirror and blame
2: themselves. Well, and he's just doing the bidding of Joe Biden. Sure. Right. I mean, doing your job, just because it's your job doesn't make it right, obviously, but hes you're right. He's the boogeyman here. But
3: he also deserves to
2: be fired.
4: Sure, yes, you
2: can't have three
3: hundred thousand people crossing a border in a single month. Tell me the border is secure, everything's fine, like Baghdad Bob, and expect (laughs) to keep your job. Yeah,
1: but I mean, look at if we're going to start firing all the people that are incompetent buffoons in the government. Oh, there's a
3: long and distinguished list. I I get it.
1: I mean, think about in the state of Indiana, somebody made a billion dollar mistake on Medicaid, and that person still has their their job. Mayorkas is awful. Should he be in that position? No. Should Pete Buttigieg be the transportation? Secretary? No, No, of course not. But I am so sick because Republicans do this all the time where they point fingers at somebody and act like they are blameless victims in all of this when in reality, you are just as much to blame because you haven't held up your end of the bargain, which is to secure the border.
3: What could they have done, though? I know we're running out of time here. We've got about 30 seconds left. The House isn't the Senate. The Senate isn't Joe Biden. Joe Biden can do executive orders. He can veto. He can sign what he wants. What do you want the Senate to do? Well, until oh, I'm sorry, you, the House. Well, until
1: you're willing to shut the government down, they're never going to do anything you yeah. want. Joe Biden told, told, said shutting down the government's not an option. So if you believe him, then you got him totally over a barrel and you can get whatever you want. But they don't want anything. They just want government to grow and they want the border to be open because they're invested in mass illegal immigration the same way they Democrats What's coming up on your big show tomorrow? Uh, Joe Biden's giving that big speech coming up in Philadelphia. He's going to tell half the country how much you suck and you're the problem, so we'll do a little deep dive on getting ready for that. The great uniter, Joe Biden. Oh my goodness, (laughs) boy. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. You guys are the best.
3: He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. This is The Hammer and Nigel Show.